0: We need to be reminded that Jesus came for a special purpose and that purpose is truly to encounter us. He came to encounter you personally. Deeply. Intimately. And we need to think about what that means and we need to embrace it in all its fullness. So that's what we're going to talk about. The intimacy of encountering Jesus and what it truly is to encounter him in our lives and in our hearts. And it really is an issue of how are we going to respond? How are we going to receive it? How are we going to accept it? When he came, he literally, he literally brought the kingdom of God with him. Jesus brought to you the kingdom of God in all of its fullness. So think about that. Matthew 6.10 Your kingdom come this is how we were Jesus said to pray Your kingdom come Your will be done Talking about God, right? His kingdom come His will be done on earth as it is in heaven now let's just think about that phrase as it is in heaven what does that mean that means just the same just as it is in heaven so are you going to believe are you going to receive the encounter basically are you going to believe that that is how you are meant to walk here Okay. he knew he would have a lot of growing to do but you see we're growing right on up into it okay because that's his plan that's his plan the kingdom of God as it is in heaven no different the kingdom of God as it is there here and he came to give it to you he came walking in the full. Jesus came walking in the fullness of all of that to show us how to do it Okay? All his kingdom. All of his will. Nothing missing, nothing broken. All of Christ. Think about that. All of Christ. All of his glory. We're going we're to expand today, guys. Okay? All of his glory. All of the Holy Spirit. Here, for us, in us, moving through us. That's your destiny. That's how God sees you. That's how he characterizes you. Walking in that. So when he sent Jesus, he sent his kingdom here to us. He sent Jesus to encounter us fully. Personally, deeply, intentionally intimately, okay? I want to give you a few scriptures. I'm not going to go into all these scriptures. I'm just going to give you a few examples of where he says that in scripture. Genesis 28. Remember when Jacob finally realized? He said, surely God is in this place. Beloved, we need to have a surely moment. Surely God is in this place. No, 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 not just this place. God is in this place. God is right here. I'm his personal temple. You're his personal temple. That's you. That's who you are. This is powerful, beloved. We're going to spend these next weeks talking about fully encountering Christ. A real Jesus to meet us in a real life. Okay? or Emmanuel Matthew 128 his very name God with us God with you every step of the way Psalm 46 the Lord Almighty is with us and that's old testament you have an even better covenant a fulfilled covenant a love covenant he is the word Really think about this. He is the word become flesh dwelling among us. Yet, never lost any capacity. Nothing lost. Never lost any capacity to completely fulfill God's destiny, God's plan, God's purpose. That's you. See that? Even though you dwell in the flesh, Because you really don't dwell in the flesh. You dwell in the spirit. As as a born-again believer, you dwell in the spirit. And we need to keep our eyes and our hearts on the spirit. Renew our minds to that very thought. You are spirit being first. That's the more powerful part of you. Is your spirit person. Renewed by the Father. Renewed because of what Jesus did. Okay? Jehovah Shammah. What is Jehovah Shamma? If you all remember from a few years back when we did that. Jehovah Shamma is God is there. God is there. He's with you. He is inhabiting with you, dwelling with you. Jehovah Shammah. Ezekiel called him that. What was he referring to? Do you remember what Ezekiel was referring to when he used that name? The New Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem. You are the new Jerusalem. That's not blasphemous. That's not heretical. That is who you are designed to be. You are a city on a hill. Right? The light of Jesus is supposed to shine through us because we know the love of the Father. So think about that. Think about being the new Jerusalem, a city on a hill, shining brightly for all to see, and not as, not as, like, in a haughty way, but as a refuge, as a yes, this is possible, as a yes, God is there. See? God is there. God is there. So we are meant to be all that. We are meant to be that city on a hill, shining with his unquenchable light and life. Of those around us. Spirits first in his fire and glory. Get that? Spirits first in his fire and glory. So, how now are we going to receive all of Jesus? Okay? Think about that. Receive all of Jesus and emanate all of Jesus? That's the question. And it's not too big. That is not too big. It is not too big of a question. It is not too big of a thing to accomplish through the Holy Spirit. But see, that's the question, but how it gets answered is totally up to you. 100% up to you. How that question gets answered in your life, and then in the lives of people around you, is completely up to you. Okay, Ephesians three ten. His meaning God's intent was that now, through the church—that's every believer, new believer, sort of long time believer, long time believer, all believers, baby believer—through the church. The manifold wisdom of God. Just think about that concept. I'm going to try to slow down because, you know, I always go so fast and get, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> rein it in so that we can wrap ourselves around all this. The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. That's what is available for you. Manifold wisdom. All the wisdom, all the intricacies of that wisdom available to you to be made known to all other rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. You are the enforcer of his manifold wisdom. You are the light of his I- manifold wisdom. He are, you are the liberator that his manifold wisdom brings to a hurting world. Jesus came now, came as a baby so that we could grow up into this, so that we could see this in operation, in real life. It's a real-life gospel. Okay? according to his eternal purpose. This was his eternal purpose, so you might as well just go ahead and accept it, that he accomplished, already accomplished, in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this has been accomplished through Christ. If you have received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this is accomplished through you. Big stuff. I wish the whole world were sitting in this room right now. Not because of me, but because of what the Lord Jesus has done and that we need to realize it, and he has it available. It's already done. We would all quit walking in pain. We would all quit walking in lack. You see? We would all quit walking in discouragement. We would only know how to walk in the love of God. That's all we would know. So that's why we're getting a hold of this. Okay? He has given us all we need. In Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. My goodness we may approach, it's in the scripture, we may approach God with confidence and freedom. Do we still honor him? Is he better than better than better, the best of all? Yes, the almighty, the the king of kings, the lord of lords. So I'm not preaching familiarity as in disrespect. But the scripture says here, approach him with freedom and confidence. Go boldly into that throne and say, I'm not having any of the flesh working in my life anymore. You see that? And I'm going to stand for every person that needs the flesh eradicated in their life and I'm going to believe, and I'm going to believe, and I'm going to believe, and I'm just going to have faith in Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to turn my back on that situation or that person just because it looks so difficult. We had a real Jesus who came here, and no matter how difficult it looked, he marched on. There is no situation irreconcilable when we depend on Jesus and receive the fullness of what he did. Okay? So last week, if y'all remember, and I know you do, we studied seed, soil, harvest. Okay? Well, I didn't know what the reason was then, but I know what the reason is now. (laughs) Because we prepare it, we plant it, we harvest it. And we're going to harvest and people that come to this church are going to harvest fullness of Christ Amen. in their lives and in other people's lives. And remember at the end of last week the Lord after all that teaching, he said this was the point. He said, sow in the spirit, reap in the spirit. Sow in abundance, reap in abundance. Sow in freedom, reap in freedom. And probably people were thinking, well, that sounds pretty simple. I know all that. Well, do you really? Do you really know all that? We might know it, but we have to get it in here, right here. Because honestly, if we all knew it, myself included, you'd be having a whole lot more harvest than what you're having. You see what I'm saying? if we all really knew this, if we all really took complete ownership, complete revelation of this, all the flesh would just fall away. It would just be crucified. It would just be singed up. It would just be gone in our lives. So apparently, we all have a little bit of work to do. And the end of the journey is a lot more fun (laughs) because it brings every promise of God. It brings every promise of God. No relationship beyond the promise of God. If we're willing. If we're submitted. If we see the proper vision. You've got to have the proper vision. You've got to have the right vision. You can't have a worldly vision. You can't say, well, this is acceptable down here. No, if it's not acceptable to God in heaven, it's not acceptable to you here, period. And there's a time that you need to stand. So in, in this Ephesians 3, 10 through 12 that we just read, Paul says that the church gets to know the manifold, the intricate, the complete, the total wisdom of God. We get to know that because we get to know Christ. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Everything about him, we get to know it. We get to experience it in reality, in this earth, right here. Free, free, from sickness, free from fears, free from anxieties, walking out healing others, we get to have that. Because Christ had it. Christ did it. Okay? So in Christ, in Christ, we come to God in freedom and in confidence. We go to God and we talk to him. You talk to him. In the name of Jesus. You just talk to him just like your friend, just like your brother, just like your sister, just like your husband, just like your dad, you just go talk to him. The veil has been torn. The way has been opened. Okay? So whatever you need, whatever you desire, you just go have a conversation. Okay? And then what happens? You get to receive all that he has given freely. Okay? But here, I just want to, one little thing. Our prayer time, which I'm saying is talking to God, should never, 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 never be all need-based. Your prayer time should first of all be praise-based. There's a reason we do praise and worship, it, it, and it's not out of ritual Nothing in this church is done out of ritual. If the Lord told me tomorrow to stop praise and worship, I would. But you see, our prayer life is basically pretty much totally determined by our praise life. You need to take the time to praise him, honor him, bless him just for who he is, and not for what he's going to do for you. Because if you walk in praise... Every single need is going to be taken care of anyway. He knows your needs. I'm not saying, you know, because there's plenty scripture that tells us to ask for what we want and then we receive it, right? But as we praise him, we become filled with his presence. We become filled with his glory. And that takes care of so many things that we won't even have to focus on those needs. Because we are in his presence, because we are just in the will of the Father, things are just going to happen supernaturally. And then you're going to have to spend a whole lot less time saying, gimme, 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 gimme. You know? See, our relationship with him is supposed to be symbiotic. It's like I- when you're in a relationship, if, if you're in a relationship with a friend and all you ever get from that friend is gimme, 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 well, maybe all of you are a lot more like Jesus than I am. (laughs) So maybe you can just like keep on, keep on, keep on giving, keep on giving, keep on giving. But you see, that's not really how it's designed to be. It's supposed to be that we're each looking out and loving one another and wanting to benefit one another. You see that? We're wanting to help one another. We're wanting to lift one another up. It should never be a one-way. So you don't want to just go, oh, God, do this for me. Do this for me. I have this need. I have this need. You know, it's like, praise you, Father. I love you, Father. What can I do for you, Father? Okay? So anyway, that's my little side sermon. (laughs) Let's go on with Ephesians 3.14. And here, you know what? Do you know that that becomes so, so easy to do? when we truly understand his love for us? We can't help but praise him. We understand his love. We love him back so much. We just want to love him back so much because he loves us, and then that's available to other people in our lives, no matter how they act. Okay, Ephesians 3.14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, and you know they're glorious, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot. It says, he may strengthen you from his glorious riches, strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Every believer has his spirit in their inner being. Okay? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Just a little bit of faith. You just take that little bit of mustard seed, like we talked about, a little bit of mustard seed faith, and you just wait for God to explode it. He will grow it up. You just keep planting that. You just keep, see what I'm saying? And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, you must be rooted in his love. Rooted in his love, knowing how much he loves you. That you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. That's for each one of you. And to know this love, okay, key phrase coming up, that surpasses knowledge. Knowledge. This love breaks through all your mental ceilings. You get that? Okay. Don't shut off. Don't say you know this. Don't say, I know. Love is the greatest of all. Because you don't know. Because otherwise God wouldn't have me saying this today. To each one of you personally. And you know how else I know you don't know? because you want more of God, don't you? You want to see his manifestations in your life. You don't want to be sick, do you? You don't want your relatives, your family, your children to be sick. You don't want them to be oppressed or depressed in any way. You don't want to walk with lack. So if even a shred of that is in anyone's life, there's more we need to know. And I don't say that in a condemning way. I say that in a jubilant, joyful way because he already told us that we get a know-it-all. Smarty pants. (laughs) You get to be a know-it-all in a nice way. Okay, so to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. It surpasses all the brain stuff, the mind stuff, the mind games, the mind limitations. So you need to get out of the mind and into the heart, okay? That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Okay, would you please stop and just think about what that means? It says filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How big is that? How big is that? That is big. Can you take it in? Will you take it in? Will you comprehend it? All the fullness of God. Wow, how full is God? Wow, awesome. All the measure of all the fullness. I want to pay attention. Well, here's another little offshoot of that. If that's the case, I want to pay attention to how I'm measuring things. See? I don't want to measure limit in a limited fashion. I don't want to measure out in a limited fashion. I don't want to measure in a little limited fashion how my brain thinks about a situation. I don't want to look at the limits of the world and say that's for me. It's not for us. It is not for you. He didn't die (laughs) to keep you limited. He died to bring you the open heaven, the kingdom of all of God, here. Okay. So, where was I? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more Than all we ask or imagine, more than you're ever going to ask, more than you could ever imagine, he's willing to do more than that for you. According to his power, which is unlimited, which is the power of love, his love for you, that is at work within us. His power is working in you to him be the glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Oh, on, <laughs> Open heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. Meant to be filled with all of God's fullness. What a glorious life. That is how God created you. That is how God created you. You live in a finite world, but you are not created to function according to that finite world. Okay? There's nothing finite about you. You are a spirit being. Eternal. All right. So we are to be his walking fullness here. So how, when we have a human nature how in our human nature are we going to, you know, in human li- with human limitations, how are we going to receive all that fullness? Okay, that's what we're going to talk about. How does it become possible? And it really totally depends on how we think, how we receive, how we choose to believe. So, h- because think about it, okay? I'm going to think about it in, a, in like a little carnal way right now. I'm not saying that this is how we should think. But what we tend to do, what people, not you, nobody here, what people tend to do is they tend to think about limited humanity. How can limited humanity hold all of God? Right? Well, believe me, when he has a purpose, he makes a way. Okay? Okay? So, if God designed us, if God designed us, to be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God, according to the scripture that we just read, we know that he has made a way. We know that. So, most people see themselves as limited. God does not see you as limited. You are not limited. Because most people, not you, you're not going to do this, most people see themselves after the flesh. God does not see you after the flesh. He created you a spirit being. When you're born again, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become an entirely new creation. Your spirit man becomes totally renewed in the image of God. Okay? God does not see you after the flesh. You should not see yourself after the flesh because you are first of all spirit and you should see yourself after the spirit of God that has been put within you. Okay? He sees you with his creative life force in you. That's how he sees you. That's how he knows you. He knows you as a vessel here with his creative life force coursing through you. So when Jesus came and brought the kingdom with him, he came as a man... Are you a man or a woman? And he was moved by the Holy Spirit to do all that he did. As a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. So you get to do what Jesus did. He came as a man. You're a man or a woman. He did everything by the Holy Spirit. He was not limited. Okay, are we getting the picture? Okay, am I going too slowly since I tried to slow down today? Since normally I'm like this steam locomotive that just is like, you know, full throttle all ahead, right? Okay. So when Jesus came, he brought the kingdom with him, and he came as a man walking by the Holy Spirit, unlimited, unfettered, unchained, unchained. Anybody got chains? Jesus will break them right off. 2 Timothy 4 says that we have an unchained gospel. It is not limited by any earthly function. It is an unchained freedom gospel breaking every bondage. Okay. Our born again condition means that we we are men and women who walk by the spirit the same way that Jesus walked by the spirit. Okay? Our capacity, I don't even like that word because it already puts a limit on something. Because it puts a cap, but okay, I'm trying to get to another place, okay? But our capacity for the fullness of God is unlimited in the Holy Spirit, okay? Okay? In other words, you don't have a fill capacity. Okay? It's It's like a gas tank you see, the gas tank, you fill it up and all of a sudden it clicks off and it says you're full. Well, that's not you. You don't you don't have the full part gauge, the thing that clicks off. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like in the Holy Spirit, you don't have a fill limit. The Holy Spirit just keeps moving you in the things of God and he just keeps pouring in and it goes out and it pours in and the river flows out. and it c- You know? Okay? Okay. So, Again, that's why last week we said sow in the spirit, reap in the spirit, sow in abundance, reap in abundance, sow in freedom, reap in freedom, okay? So the fullness of God is our destiny. That's it, point blank period, the fullness of God is our destiny. Filled to the fullness means, it means that God has given us the capacity, the bigness, the limitlessness of himself. By the Holy Spirit. You guys going to be in agreement with me today? All right. You see, he cannot fill containers that are too small with everything that he wants to put in there. So it's your job to understand that you are a limitless container. Container, that's a bad word. He's really not to be contained, is he? But We do have to speak in English, right? I don't know. Maybe I could just start praying in the Spirit and y'all would understand it. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, his glory in us. You see that? His glory in us. There's no limit. Okay. See, he's given us new wineskins, hasn't he? He doesn't want us to keep the old wineskins. He doesn't want us to keep the old mentality. He's given us new wineskins for his glory that cannot burst, okay? It's like a balloon, okay? You, like, fill it up, and you just, like, keep blowing it up and blowing it up, and, and, it, and it might burst. Well, see, that's not you. You don't have a limit. You're just going to keep flowing up. O- it's just going to keep flowing on through you. Okay. All right. So he created you big enough big enough, powerful enough to be filled with all of him by the Holy Spirit. All of him means all of his capacity. That means all of his capacity to heal. Okay, let's get real. Let's get real. That means all of his capacity to heal. That means all of his capacity to extinguish every darkness. Okay? That's what it means. It means all of his capacity to overflow in abundance. Every word he says is true, every promise. It means all of his capacity to be his river of life flowing to those around you, through you, filling you, helping you, and then helping others. All of his capacity to be his glory. Think about that. Jesus said, I've given them the glory that you gave me. So I'm preaching a good gospel here. Okay? All of his capacity to be the city on the hill, to be the new Jerusalem. All of his capacity to be peace, to be wisdom, to walk with peace and wisdom in a very chaotic, fleshly world. You don't have to consume that river. It wasn't meant for you. Okay? All of him through all of you. Are you going to commit all of you? Will you commit all of you to encounter this? To encounter this real Jesus? It means that all Christ brought with him when he came to encounter you and draw you to himself, the real Jesus, not the pharisaical, legalistic, is at work in you through the Holy Spirit. His peace, his faith, his love, his gentleness, kindness, goodness, all of it. All the character of God. So we overflow by knowing him, by syncing up with him, By taking it literally, intentionally, with purpose in our hearts, through relationship, through praising him, through being yielded to the Holy Spirit. We engage his capacity by flowing in the Holy Spirit, keeping our ears open, keeping our hearts pliable. Okay? So how does the Holy Spirit and all the power of Christ become activated through us? Okay, that's our next question. Ephesians 3.17 says, It is by being rooted in the love of God. Out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So do you see why it's important to be rooted in the love of God? Everything depends on it. Way beyond, this is way beyond our mental thinking. This is heart love. So when we're rooted in the love of Christ, we receive the power to know that love that surpasses all knowledge, and we are filled to the measure of the fullness of God living in the spirit, living in the spirit realm, not limited by anything. We refuse to be limited at that point. Ephesians 3.20 says that that power in us, which comes from being rooted in the love of God, will bring our lives, into our lives, More than we can ask or imagine. So quit limiting what you're asking for. Don't limit your imagination in the things of God. He doesn't do that. So it tells me that when I stay rooted, he says he gives the righteous what they desire. So when we're in relationship, when we encounter the fullness, We receive the desires. My life will no longer be a need-based life. It'll be a praise-based life. See how that works? Who wants a praise-based life instead of a need-based life? That is how you're designed to walk. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, So we get to walk in the spirit, we get to walk yielded to him in the love of God, in the full power and the abundance and the freedom which Jesus died to give us. When we sow to freedom, that freedom, we receive freedom in our lives in abundance. Are y'all getting this today? Y'all receiving this as a good thing? Okay. We receive all of that in the measure with which we measure. So, are you going to spend time in the Spirit? Are you going to spend time praying in the Spirit? Are you going to spend time praising? No matter what it looks like? See, because when we sow to the Spirit, we receive in abundance in the Spirit. And that's how Jesus functioned here. You know? That's how we're meant to function. Not, limit, not limited by the things of the flesh. The world will tell you those are better, that that's what your heart really desires. Your heart doesn't desire that. That's a deception of the devil. Those little things look like little sparkling jewels. They're not. They're counterfeit. They will never satisfy. God is not counterfeit. He's got the real stuff. Okay? Okay? He's got the real stuff. So, how willing are you, big question, how willing are you to believe for the limitlessness of Christ? I didn't get any answers. It's really, it is, it's, it's a matter of how willing are you. See, I'm, I'm trying to g- bust through some ceilings here, guys. You know that? We're busting through some ceilings. How willing are you to believe beyond the worldly ceilings that have been imposed upon you from the time you were born unless you were raised in a spirit-filled family? Because even in the name of religion, and I'm I'm not bashing religion, I don't even think it's okay just to get your church on the Internet. I don't think that. We put it out there so people can be helped. But that's nothing compared to being in a body of believers. It's it's just another devilish substitute. It's really time for everyone to get rid of the substitutes. There's one way. There's only one way. It is the love of Jesus Christ shed abroad in our hearts. That's the only thing. And if you are unwilling to make changes and to, to bust through those worldly ceilings, it really does you no good except for the fact that you're going to get to go to heaven. And that's awesome. But God created you for a whole lot more than that. He created you to be a devil stomper here. Okay? And I'm not telling you to pay attention to the devil. Because too many people pay way too much attention to the devil because he's already been defeated. Okay? But here's the thing. He wasn't stopped from trying. So he's going to try you. Well, how willing are you when the devil comes against you? How willing are you to say, I'm sorry God never created me for that? sorry, devil, you are just flat getting nowhere here. Because when I walk into a room, you're going to flee. And I'm not even really honestly going to have to think about that. Because what I'm going to do instead is I am going to receive the fullness of God. I'm going to believe what God said. I'm going to say, I am filled to all the measure of God I believe that. I'm going I'm to go after intimacy with God to understand it more, to receive more of his presence, because there is nothing that can stand in the presence of God, and I don't really care how bad you think it looks. We are not moved by what we see or by what we feel. Your emotions, don't listen to that. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the word. okay so we are going to not live under those ceilings we are not going to live according to the world of the flesh we are going to say God created me for so much more God created me limitless God created me as spirit being God created me connected to him God connected me to walk in union with him do you remember what the glory was It was the union of Jesus and the Father. Go back and look at Facebook or or YouTube or get the CDs or something. You are meant to dwell in union. Okay. All right, so how willing are we to believe for this? To renew our minds to his uncapped capacity. He has an uncapped capacity. And it belongs to you. It belongs to you. How willing are you to believe for God's supernatural, which is really his natural. We should just be walking around in the supernatural all day long. Because that's natural for him. We just call it that way because we're thinking like the flesh thinks. Not you. Nobody in River City Church. Okay? And but because this I'm gonna call it the supernatural, okay? God's natural, because that belongs to you, it's gonna affect your entire atmosphere. It will affect everyone around you. But are you going to be a grumbler? You know, grumbling, complaining thinking about how everybody else has it better than you is one of the worst things you can do. Yet, you know what? Nobody has it better than you. If you have Jesus, you have it better than everybody else. And you might as well wake up to that fact and quit your belly aching. Why do you really care about what car someone else drives? Why do you really care about their salary? Why do you really care about their position? Now, am I saying that God won't provide those for you? Absolutely not. He came to give you fullness in every area of life, including financial. That's not bad to receive God's financial blessings. It's only if that's where you put your heart. Right? See, if you're caring about, oh, he got it but. Oh, you know, he goes on all these trips. He, he, he does all this stuff. I'm always doing, I'm always doing the right thing. And, uh, and look at him getting blessed. He lives like the devil, and he's getting blessed. Well, you know what? You aren't thinking like God at all. Just go fix yourself. Nothing more irritating. Well... Maybe some things are more irritating, but it is a very irritating thing to be around people who are always looking at someone else's blessing and saying, why don't I get that? Well, the reason you don't get it is because that's the way you're thinking. And you're jealous, and you're envious, and God cannot bless that. And then you get something, and you don't tithe it. If you give an offering all your life, you, you... (laughs) <laughs> You're not really doing anything. I'm sorry. He said to Tithe. And he didn't say net tithe. Are you believing for fullness? Or are you believing for nets? And I'm not here to preach about finances but if you're going to limit yourself by your own actions and your own thinking, then don't think that God is obligated to bless that. You need to get your heart where God's heart is. Okay. Well, I don't really know where that came from, but, but it's the truth, and it's the truth in every single area of our lives. It all belongs to God. Your heart belongs to God. Are you going to give part of it, or are you going to give all of it? All right. So see, when you walk in the fullness, when you are willing to put yourself out there and just do it the way Jesus says, do it the way he did it, you are going to walk in so much power and so much authority The demons are going to flee when you walk in a room. You're going to walk in a room and they're going to say, I see Jesus. I don't want anything to do with that because I know he is going to cast me out before my time. And I want to be able to be here and torment a few more people. (laughs) (laughs) See, they want to have their own way all the time. Well, when you walk in a room in the fullness of God, they don't get their way. See? See? All right, so what do we do with the fullness of Christ? Next question. We do what Jesus did. Colossians 2 9. For in Christ, who in here is in Christ? If you're in Christ, this is you then. Okay? In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives. In bodily form. Does that bust a few ceilings for you? He says, in bodily form. That's a man. That's a woman. He came as a man. Is there anything in your consciousness that tells you you cannot be just like him? I hope not, especially after today. And in Christ, that's you, that's where it all comes from, you have been brought to fullness. He says, have been brought. So believe it now, right now, right this very second, Don't ever think again that you are not the walking fullness of Christ. Able to do what he did by the power of the Holy Spirit if you remain yielded. After the heart of God, passion for him. He is the head over every power and authority. got any questions? Got any issues? You just found your answer. With Christ in you, you have all you need. So stand in the overflow of God's abundance. Believe for that. Believe for that. 1 John 3.8. The reason the Son of God appeared, get this, was to destroy the devil's work. That's you. If you have Jesus appearing in you, you will destroy the devil's work. That's what you're here to do. That's what Jesus was here to do, and he did it, and that's what you're here to do, and you do it. The same spirit in Jesus dwells in you as a believer. A child of the living, supreme, all-powerful, final say, God. Go to Romans 811 for that. So we need to just dwell in the love. Dwell in God's love, dwell in his presence, yield it to the Holy Spirit. He s- sent us as agents of change in this world. You are here to transform this world. Transform it. Transform it. Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit in Luke 24. He said, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But remain in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. You are clothed in power. By the Holy Spirit. Jude one twenty tells us. But you, beloved, by building yourselves up, how are you going to do that? How are you going to build yourself up in your most holy faith? And praying in the Spirit. So you're going to pray in the Spirit, and you're going to build yourself up in your most holy faith by staying in the Word, by believing the Word, by believing the fullness. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Do you see what just happened here? If you, keep, if you build yourself up and you pray in the spirit, you're going to keep yourself in the love. That's what it will accomplish for you. It will keep you in the love instead of in the jealousy and the anger and the hate and the greed and the poor me. And why does everybody have it better than I do? Ungrateful. Thankless. When did you ever die for somebody? Is it too much to ask that he should ask us to die to the flesh and the things of this world just so that he could give us all of him? Wow. Poor little thing. I feel so sorry for you. You've got to give up a little lust. Maybe you got to give up a little alcohol. Maybe you got to quit watching some things on TV. Maybe you got to quit cursing. Maybe you got to quit being mean to people. Maybe you got to quit causing strife. Poor thing. All that stuff you do that you give up, it's not really a give up. It's a get from God. It's a gain. It's a promise coming. Yeah, well, okay. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Back to verse 20, it says if we do these things, we're going to keep ourselves in the love of God. That's how we're going to do it as you await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. So see, we want to stay in that love. You know what that love does? It brings the kingdom here. Right? So praying in the Spirit keeps us in the love of God, which we've already learned. You know, we have to be rooted in the love of God. We already learned that, so that we receive his manifold wisdom, and so that we walk in his, uh, everything he did. We walk in the manifestation of Jesus. So, by the Holy Spirit, we're going to do these things. We're going to receive the love, we're going to love him back, and we're going to be able to love others. You know, John thirteen thirty five says, they will know you by how you love one another. Okay, so that's really critically important. Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. See, we want to be witnesses for Jesus. In Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. Acts 4.31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke, listen to this, and spoke the word of God boldly. Well, you're, you're already rooted in the love, so go ahead and be bold. You see, living this kind of life will make you bold for Jesus. It'll make you confident to go into the throne room of God. It will make you confident that you receive all of his blessing. See, to receive it. It will make you confident that you can walk in the fullness. Okay? The Holy Spirit allows you to have Boldness in your faith. And it allows you to believe for the promises of God in your life and the promises of God in other people's lives. Every fruit of the Father God, every fruit of His character, it allows you to believe for that. It allows you to be bold for that and loving others in that boldness. Right? Not giving in and saying it's okay. When sin crouches at the door, but being bold in the love and bringing redemption. Matthew 9 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. You want to see manifestation? You want to do the works of Jesus? This is how we need to walk. And we have to believe for that fullness. When he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion. 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 We have compassion for people. Because they were harassed and helpless. You see, you receive the fullness, you're no longer going to be harassed and helpless, but you're going to be able to have compassion for those who are. And you know what you're going to start doing? You're going to start getting out of the me box. I'm too busy. Uh, He dug his own grave. He made his own bed, let him lie in it. Oh, that breaks my heart. You see someone helpless around you? Can you take the time? Can you take the time to get outside of the me box? Can you get out of the comfort zone? you know they need something and if you're there they need you you don't have any excuses I don't have any excuses I never saw Jesus turn anybody away he was always extending a hand he is the I am with you God we need to be reminded about that right now he is the I am their God He is the, surely God is in this place to help you, God. He is the, I am the almighty, I am here. I am your ever-present help in time of trouble. We need to be that to people. You see someone suffering? Why are you just sitting there? Why are you just sitting there? Oh, gosh. I'm sorry I said that. You're probably doing a whole lot, aren't you? I'm not saying you're not doing stuff. What I'm saying is we got to think about it. We got to think about where can we be the hand? Where can we be the feet? Precious are the feet of those who bring the good gospel. Right? I'm saying all this in love, guys, because I know y'all do a lot. Okay. Because they were harassed and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful. In other words, there's more than enough that needs to be done. And you know what? You are the good news. You are the power. You are the authority. You are the everything. You are the fullness of Christ. You are the laborer. Thank you, by the way. Thank you for the labor that you're doing. Thank you for the tilling of the soil. Thank you for the seed that you're planting. Because it says right here, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest. We're going to be like Isaiah in 6 that says, here I am. Send me, Lord. Here I am. See, Jesus didn't find any price that was too tough. He paid it all. You are the worker. You are sent to the harvest. And you know what? God is sending you totally equipped. You are totally 100% equipped. He has shed his his love abroad in your heart to bring you his fullness, his fullness into your life to equip you to bring in the harvest through his love, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mark 16, verse 15. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. You know, your world might just be your job. It doesn't mean you have to go to some other country. Your world is edifying your church family when they're going through a tough time. Your world is your job. Your world is your family. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will, 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 will accompany those who believe. That's you and me, because we believe in Jesus. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Do not be intimidated by the devil. You can lay your hands on someone, and they are healed. Every one of you as a believer in Christ. Every single one of you. They need you to believe that. People need you to know that. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. He's sitting, beloved. He's already done this and he's already handed you the key. He's handed you the commission. He's handed you the open door. Then his disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. If his word said it, the sign will accompany it. But think about this, beloved. It says he was already sitting at the Jesus was already sitting at the right hand of the Father. So does that make you realize that this very next clause is for you? He was already sitting there when his disciples did it. Are you a disciple of Christ? Okay, so then this is for you. He didn't just say it's just for some people. He said that the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word. It's not you doing it. It's the Lord confirming his work through you because you're going to believe in him and not be limited. In Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Is God with you? Same. Same 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 so we've been given the love of god we've been given the limitless spirit to do what jesus did doing all the good he did the fullness of christ all of his supernatural reality in our natural environment heaven supernatural here on earth that's you life swallowed up swallowing up death life swallowing up darkness for our own healing, for our own peace, for our own provision, yes, all who Christ is, (coughs) given to us personally. He came to encounter us personally. (coughs) Dwelling in our lives, dwelling in our lives in all peace, in all power, in all authority, in all stability, in all love, then flowing through us, to transform the world, to transform your friend, to transform your brother, to transform your sister, to transform your family. His full redemption in every situation. Galatians 5.16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. In other words, what did we learn last week? Sow in the Spirit. Sow to the Spirit. If you sow to the Spirit, you walk to the Spirit, you're going to reap in the Spirit. Plant the seed of the Spirit and the seed of love. And ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You know, you realize right there, he's saying that's a foregone conclusion. People get way too hung up on how my, why do I keep sinning. Well, obviously, you just need to receive what Christ did. See, it says here, when we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So what's your answer to any flesh moment you have? You're going to submit to the Holy Spirit. You're going to call him the Holy Spirit. You have all power and authority over every bit of the flesh. You don't have to keep sinning. But the fruit of the Spirit, okay, this is what you get when you sow to the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. You see what Christ has done? He crucified it, and you have every ability to crucify the same. Selfishness. That's one that needs to be crucified. And they th- thinking about yourself all the time and what you want all the time. What I want all the time. Like a baby throwing a temper tantrum. I want it. Well, big deal. Maybe God has something, bless- a blessing over there for someone else that he wants for them. And maybe if you give up this little particular thing that you need, think you need so badly, he's going to have an even better blessing for you. Right, And they that are in Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So in Christ, the, the flesh has been crucified. He says it. And he has given us access. Think about this. This is a big concept. Don't just pass over it because I've gone way too long, and you're thinking I'm taking way too much time. So do not pass over this thought. This is a critical thought. He says he has crucified the flesh. In doing that, he, gave, he tore the veil. He gave us access to the spirit. He crucified the flesh. He gave us access to the spirit, which solves the whole problem. If we because it goes on, see, we, we get to walk in the, in the spirit then. We've been liberated from the flesh and how it pulls on us. We've been liberated. We've been given power and authority. We've been given the ability to bring heaven down. And he goes on and he says if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So, he's saying, I've I've given you the Spirit just the way that Jesus had to walk, just the way that he had to talk to the Spirit, just the way that he had to listen to the Spirit. That is you, and if you live there, you live right there, you're going to walk in that, and you're not going to walk in the flesh because I crucified it. I have given you total access To the things of God. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In other words, let us believe for all the Spirit has given. Let's believe for all the Spirit has accomplished. All that it accomplished for Jesus in union, in unity, walking together, side by side, arm in arm, heart to heart, ear to ear. Let us believe for the same in our own lives. Believe for the supernatural. Believe to know Christ has given you the kingdom of God in all of its fullness in the here and now. He came to earth to encounter you intimately, personally. Are you going to get to know him in that encountered lifestyle What are we going to do with it? What are we going to believe for? That's really what it comes down to. Will we pursue the intimacy in the relationship with Jesus that he pursued in us? Will we do the same? When we do that, we get to walk in the garden. Get it? See, we get to walk in the garden. We don't have to live in a curse-filled life. A curse filled world. We get the garden walk in life. You know, in the cool of the day life with God, side by side, heart to heart, arm in arm, personal, deep, committed, intentional, intimate. You and a very, very, very real Jesus. In the here and now. All right. That's what I have for today. you know we're me- we're meant to encounter a very loving brother